Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. This show is brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, where they speak for cats, which is what this program is all about. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food called Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I personally can recommend because it is based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Please show your appreciation that Dr. Elsie's underwrites this show by choosing their products whenever you can. It is such a pleasure to have Dr. Rachel Geller back on. Her personal nonprofit called All Cats All the Time is her all cats, all the time. And she helps people everywhere, online, with emails, and I'm sure she does Zooms as well, who are having cat problems that are kind of dire and last straw, and maybe I have to give this cat up because fill in the blank. Rachel, you shared with me a story that has such a charming outcome, but is something I think a lot of people have dealt with, which is a very shy cat who kind of seems like they don't want to be with you. And some people can't tolerate being dissed like that. They they don't know what to do about it. They feel so rejected and hurt, and it becomes about the human. And you, you had a client that you did just such an amazing job with, with his shy cat, Puma. And I think that by talking about what you did for him and for Puma will give other people not only hope if they have a really shy kitty, but also some ideas about things to do to warm up that cat and to make that cat feel safer. Because obviously that cat came with a problem. It isn't the human. It's the cat who just doesn't understand what that kind of trust and attachment is like yet, right? I mean, they haven't learned how to do that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And what made this case so interesting is that the gentleman who adopted Puma originally reached out to me last July, and he had already had Puma for a few months and really was feeling dejected because he wasn't able to form this bond with Puma. Yes. And he had lost a cat previously, right? So we adopted another cat wanting to have a similar bond. So a lot of what I talked about with him at the beginning was it's not that Puma doesn't like you. It's not that Puma doesn't isn't happy with you. It's a, It's just that this is his way of coping with all of the changes in yes. his life. Yes. He's scared. He's afraid. So really helping the adopter understand that it's nothing to do with him. You know, the cat was was afraid. The cat was scared. And this is how he was coping. And really getting him to understand that if we go at the cat's pace and we let the cat set the pace of the interactions, we follow the cat's lead, and we really take our time to build that trust with 
routine and with predictability and with with food and with play, you know, we can get Puma to come out of his shell. And it really was lovely to work with this gentleman who, who did want it to work. He wanted to keep Puma. He was dejected. But, you know, having me hold his hand, so to speak, along yes. the way, I think yes. really made all of the difference in the world. I think what is totally extraordinary about him, and if there were awards for challenged cat owner overcomes obstacles, he would win it, is that he was sending you these reports about Puma's behavior and Puma's reaction to things he would try to do, whether he failed or succeeded in changing Puma's reaction, was amazing. It was as detailed as if, I don't know, he was a scientist on the other side. Yes. Right? He really really was great. Yeah, it was great. Can you talk talk us through that a little bit? Because I think that, that most people think, well, come on, Rachel, I, you know, I, uh, I put out the food every day at the same time, and I know it's wet food and it's on a saucer, and those are following all the good rules of, you know, good stewardship of a cat, and he still won't come out and eat it, for example, until I leave the room. So that kind of attitude, which is, hey, I did everything right. What's wrong with the cat? He's not doing everything cat-like right, it isn't helpful. It's more to be a scientist, to be a citizen scientist, Sort of sit on top of your own refrigerator, if you will. Watch your cat and watch your interaction and report on it as if to a third person, which would be Rachel Geller, all cats all the time, even if you're not in contact with Rachel. So tell us how he characterized his his trajectory with Puma. It was really fascinating because he did. He sent me pictures. He sent me, he would call them um Puma status reports. Yes. And he sent them regularly. So I started off by telling him that I would really like him to get Puma engaged with interactive play with a fishing pole or wand-type toy. Yes. And I explained to him that when a cat is a successful hunter, he feels proud. He right. feels confident. He feels in charge of his territory. And unlike solo toys, you are at the helm. So all of this is being associated with you. So I really encouraged him and walked him through how to properly play with Puma so that he really went through that hunting sequence and let Puma have captures and end with that final capture and then let Puma eat what he caught and killed. So that's the part that really creates that confidence and pride is being able to eat the caught prey. You okay, know, well, let me just, let me just interrupt and say Rachel didn't mean that she had him tie a live mouse by the tail and then actually <laughs> capture and eat that mouse. It's more to mimic that moment of capturing and eating. So you can do that with a fabulous, really high-value treat, uh, all protein. It could be a piece of meat or chicken or turkey or fish or whatever you think the cat might like. Or you can just feed them their dinner, right? Exactly. We're simulating a hunt, and at the end, um, as you said, we can give that cat a treat or a portion of his regular meal. And if you do have a cat who's on prescription food, you can use that as well. So as long as the cat is eating something after that hunt so that he feels successful. And um, the adopter wasn't really sure how to how to start off with this, and so I gave him some tips like having a very long wand. I talked to him, maybe he might even have to tape two yardsticks together to make sure Puma had a comfort zone, 
and I talked about starting off slowly and just getting Puma to follow the toy back and forth with his eyes. And lo and behold, I get a picture of Puma playing with the fishing pole with um, the status report saying, Puma is really enjoying the cat fishing pole toy. I'm playing with him using the pole at least two times a day. After he makes his kill, I give him some treats. And then he will lie down and relax at my feet. So that was a lovely status report. And the adopter was so wonderful with, you know, having that hope and having that belief with somebody guiding him that Puma would continue to peel off those layers and come out of his shell, which he indeed did do. That's really well said. And and in terms of peeling off layers, you mentioned something in passing, which is something, a step that many people might miss. You said that you told him to play with the toy, but if all he did was follow with his eyes, that was a beginning. So You know, the idea isn't, okay, I'm going to buy a really nice fishing pole, and I'm going to get a really good toy for the end, and I want this cat to act like a cat in a YouTube video. Jump around, leap in the air, be an Asa cat, you know, be a Bengal cat, be athletic and dramatic. Maybe all that cat's going to do, because maybe he's never seen a fishing pole toy, or he's so freaked in his own head about his life change that playing or even hunting is the last thing on his mind— Maybe just following with the eyes is the beginning of success. And I think that's what you're referring to when you talk about peeling back layers. It's very tiny steps, and you must notice them. We have to notice them, and we need to feel good. Wow, he's actually watching the toy. So maybe later today or tomorrow, or if I do what Rachel said and make the pole so long that he's nice and far away from me for his own comfort, maybe he'll put a paw out or a claw out, or check out that toy. But I think people exactly. are hasty, Sometimes right? We need to meet the, yes, people, people need to understand that they need to meet the cat where the cat is at. You know, we're very excited, and we want this to go quickly, and yes. we want to have that bond. But we, we need to meet the cat where he's at. So this but Puma wasn't ready yet for prime time. So I said to the adopter, just slowly move that toy back and forth and try to get Puma to follow it with his eyes. Yes. Even if he's only actively following the toy with his eyes, he's focusing on something other than his own stress, other than his own fear, and that's a win. So sometimes we need to walk it back and break it down and do it step by step. And that's what he did. And eventually Puma would follow it with his eyes And then, yes, he showed a little bit of interest with his paw. And the same with the wand. You know, first he was holding it very far away. And then I talked him through, okay, when that's going okay, now you can move your hand down a little closer, just an inch or so, and play with him at that holding spot. And when that's going okay, move your hand down the pole again incrementally, like maybe just another inch or so. So we want to be gradual We don't want to overwhelm the cat. And as I always say, in these matters, it's always best to go at the cat's pace. Right, which is slow. There's very few cats other than a fresh kitten, if you will, who want to go zoomy, who want to go fast, who go, yeah, yeah, now show me another toy. Hey, let's do another trick. They're cautious. They have to be because they're prey and predators and they're hardwired to be in a kind of self-protective defensive mode. 
and people are either alien to some cats or they've had not great experiences. Either way, you've got to rewrite that story for them now that you're their person, right? Exactly. And we don't know Puma's background. You That's know, right. You adopted Puma from a shelter. So at the very least, and probably there were a lot more stops along the way, but at the very least he was in one environment before he was brought to the shelter, then he was in the shelter, and now he's in the adopter's home. So at the very least, there are three different settings in a short amount of time. And chances are, since Puma was an older cat, there were other stops along the way. So it's going to take a while before Puma realizes that, you know, he's now hit the jackpot with his right. adopter. Right. In Puma's mind, you know, his world could be turned upside, upside down again at any time. So he is going to be cautious. Super cautious. Super cautious. And the other thing we know about shelters, we call them shelters, and we humans have created them in order to protect animals from the streets and from wild animals and cars. But to a cat, a shelter is hell on earth, period. I mean, there's some shelters that are less hellish because they have wonderful big open cat rooms with cubbies for them to hide. And they're very cat-centric, and they have the time, the money, the staff, the space to not, uh, to not put them in a small box. Most cats in a shelter are in a small cage that has their food and their litter and barely enough time or place, I should say, for them to, to lie down. So just being there is a horror show. And as an older cat, he could have been there a really long time. If it's a no-kill shelter and they're willing to hang on to animals until the right human comes along, that cat every hour of every day was experiencing stress and trauma. It's just, unfortunately, much harder for a cat to be in a shelter than a dog. And every cat's different. So for some cats, it's even more awful. So you have to let those those layers of stress and trauma and fear and worry sh kind of slough off over time yeah. and not try yeah. and rush it. It really has nothing to do with the human who was nice enough to open their home and heart. Before we finish, there was just a charming thing he also had asked your advice about, which was moving, the I think, the litter box or the food and the litter box downstairs and how he wanted to do yeah. it step by step. It was so cute. He said, shall I move it one step one day and one more step the next day? And I thought, I don't think the cat wants to use the litter box on the steps going to the basement. But you tell me what that last part of his of his story was. Well, I really love that because I think he was channeling his inner Dr. Rachel because throughout this process, through these many months, I really was telling him how important it was to be gradual, yes. to be incremental, yes. to not do too many things at once. So although that may not have been the best way to approach it, he <laughs> it was, was thinking was about so Puma, which I loved. He yeah. was thinking about being gradual, not doing too much too quickly. So it, it, it really was lovely because he really, in all honesty, was trying to do the best for the yes, cat. So exactly. I talked him through, you know, keeping the litter box in the sanctuary room where it is now for safety and security, while at the same time working on getting the uh, location of the litter box where he would eventually want it to be. And I have no doubt that he's going to follow through to the T all of oh, my yes. instructions and directions, and I'll be getting another Puma status report soon. But it really was nice the way he was thinking about those concepts of not overwhelming the cat, being slow, being gradual, and then trying to apply it to uh, finding that 
litter box location. So he he's a great uh, student of the of the cat, and Absolutely. really, I think he's going to be. He, as I said, Puma has really hit the jackpot. He has because anybody else would have just ignored him and let him be a kind of scaredy cat living behind furniture for the rest of his life and go, oh, well, I guess that's just the way that cat is, instead of helping him to come out of his shell. Rachel, you too did an amazing job with the owner and with Puma, just constantly, as you said, hand-holding. And if if people want to find Rachel at All Cats all the time, that's great. But sometimes just taking this attitude and maybe having a family member who you can use for hand-holding, call up your husband, your wife, your partner, your sister, your coworker, if you know that they're cat-centric, and tell them what's going on. It's sort of like relaying a story. So you can keep writing the story and come out with a happy ending, which I think is what you do all the time, Rachel, and I really commend you for it, and very happy for Puma and his man. Yes. If I knew how to do a cartwheel, I would do one right now. That's how happy I am oh, for Puma so and Oh, that's so darling. Well, Rachel and I are doing virtual cartwheels, and those of you who've overcome <laughs> kitty challenges, I hope you will join us. Please just be careful. After a certain age, it's not a pretty sight. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered effective natural ways to repel fleas, ticks, and other pests on her pets and around her home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without the harsh chemicals that can be harmful to your cats, your property, and the planet. This show is also supported by the privately developed Magic Fabric pet throws that trap hair, dirt, and moisture when cats get up on the furniture bed or your lap. Magic Fabric Pet Throws invite kitty cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes or furniture. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's again for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people.